Well, welcome to A Coach's Perspective. I'm your host, Jenny Hopkins, and this show is presented to you by Great Southern Bank. They're our presenting sponsor, and we're so grateful for Joe Turner, Kelly Polonis, all the teammates over at Great Southern Bank. Great Southern Bank is serious about convenience with nearly 100 banking centers in six states, hundreds of ATMs and mobile and online banking services. You're always in touch with your money. Learn more at greatsouthernbank.com, member FDIC. Other sponsors that we're grateful for and handpicked include Highland Dairy, Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance, Bill Grant Ford and Bolivar, Story Construction, West Logging, Greg and Melinda Burnett, and Springfield Yard Cards. And we'll talk about all of them throughout the show. So our last show, we replayed an interview from Dan Capron, a Big Ten official that is retired. He has great stories, great advice, very entertaining. We liked it so much, we played it twice. And then two weeks ago, we had Kevin Kane and Neil Stafford on the Missouri State University women's and men's golf coaches, and we got to pick their brains about the game of golf and learn a little bit more about their programs. You can go to a coachesperspective.com and listen to them under previous shows or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Verbal, or on Helium Satellite Radio. So in this segment, celebrating and catching up with coaches, the Missouri Basketball Coaches Association held its annual coaches clinic in Columbia, Missouri, with over 850 coaches in attendance. We caught up with some of the coaches that were there. First of all, Coach Kim Anderson was announced as this year's Gary Filbert Lifetime Achievement Award winner. Coach Anderson played at the University of Missouri for Coach Norm Stewart and led the league in scoring and was the Big 8 Player of the Year in 1977. He was an assistant coach at Mizzou before taking over the head coaching job at the University of Central Missouri. Capturing a 73% winning percentage, two Final Fours, and a national championship in 2014, he was then hired as the head coach at the University of Missouri for three seasons before finishing his coaching career at Pittsburgh State University in 2021. Sharing his knowledge and his experience, he gave coaches some wisdom. Have a listen. Well, I'm here with Coach Anderson. Welcome to the show. Welcome to A Coach's Perspective. It's great to be here. Thank you very much. Well, I'm very excited to to be able to sit down with you because I have been a fan of yours for a long time, not just um, as a coach, but as a player as well. And, you know, I want to talk a little bit about just going back a little bit. We have lots of sports, and, y- and you were very athletic, and you were good at a lot of sports. Why was it basketball? Why did you choose the avenue of basketball to play and coach? Well, I think ultimately I grew uh, when I was a freshman in uh, high school, I, I was about 6'2", and then I grew about three inches after that, 6'5", and then I kept growing until I got to 6'8". I think the other thing was I was really, really fortunate to have uh, great coaching in high school. Jim Dinsdale, Dave Porter, uh, those guys are uh, were great coaches, and and, and they were young, and they just kind of came along at the right time. And then I think the other thing is I had a bunch of guys I loved to play. And, uh, of course, I grew, like I said. So uh, that's kind of why I, I, I played baseball. I played football a little bit. I wasn't very good at football. I was a little better at baseball. But, obviously, with my size, basketball was, was kind of my calling. 
Well, we are at the Missouri Basketball Coaches Association Clinic right now. That's where you can hear the background noise of, of coaches that are milling around, and this is a great professional development opportunity for them. Um, you know, you mentioned great coaches. What do you think it takes to be a great coach? Obviously, you've been at the top of the game, winning a national championship. But what do you think are the attributes, if young coaches are listening right now, that they need to have to be successful? Well, <clears throat> you know, I think, first of all, you've got to have knowledge you got to have knowledge of the game, of the sport that you're, uh, that you're coaching. Uh, I think another thing that, that you have to have is a lot of energy. Uh, you know, like you said, we're here today at, uh, at the NBCA clinic. We just heard Tom Crean speak. And, you know, there's a guy with energy, but, but he talked about every day bringing the energy. And, and, and if you don't bring the energy as the head coach, then what do you expect your staff or your players to do? Uh, I think in this day and age, you've got to have patience. You know, I think, I think times have changed. Uh, I think uh, young men and women now are, are uh, different than they used to be when, when it comes to coaching. Uh, I think our society is a little bit different. So I think you have to adapt to uh, you have to adapt to this to your society and, and to your school and your school district. I have the utmost respect for high school coaches because I know how difficult it is to be a high school coach. Or I don't. I don't. I've never lived it, but but I just watch and and I know there are a lot of influences on kids and and uh, you know I I just think high school coaches are do so much for our kids and and maybe don't get appreciated. Well, and you mentioned adaptability and being able to kind of grow with the times, um, but that, that can be sometimes challenging, can't it? Oh, I, yeah, I don't think there's any question. I think uh, adapting to what's going on now is, is, uh, is sometimes difficult. And, uh, you know, like I said, I think, I think times have changed. You know, uh, you look back and, and I'm – fairly old I'm not real old but I'm fairly old but you know you're, you're talking about you got cell phones now you got you got different types of video games you've got social media uh, you've got so many things now that young men and women can do instead of play sports you know and and I often I often uh, drive by, I'm living in Sedalia now, I, I often drive by the park and there's a basketball court there and I'm like, why isn't anybody out right. there playing? Because we, I mean, that's what we did. And, and so, yeah, yeah, yeah so it's a little bit different now. Yeah. It is a little bit different, you know, and there is, um, there's a lot of rewards to coaching. And, and if, I, if you had to look back at your career, what was one of the things that you absolutely loved about stepping on the court every day with your players? Uh, I think being with the kids, uh, I think watching young men and women, or in my case men, but you know, watching young men develop over a, a two, three, four-year period, um, you know, I, I, it's funny you would ask that question yesterday. I, I spent time with a, a former player of mine from about 12 years ago, and he called me and he wanted to come down and visit with me and uh, I just want to thank you for what you've done I kind of want to pick your brain and he's been successful in real estate and in basketball and and 
you know, I thought when that ended, when he left, I thought, you know, that's what this is all about, right. you know. And, and yeah, I, you know, you win national championships, you win conference championships, uh, whatever. But in the in the end, it's it's have you have you helped that young man develop into uh, a good father, good husband, uh, you know, has a good job or whatever. Uh, I always told my players, you guys gonna you guys probably hate me now, but you know, in five years you're gonna wake up and you're gonna say, you know what? Maybe that old guy had. Maybe he had it right. <laughs> right. You know, maybe he knew what he was talking about. And it's and amazing. I think that's that's one of the great grows. things. That's one of the great things about coaching. Hey, winning's great, obviously, and making money and all that stuff. But bottom line, just just watching those those young men develop. Yeah, I think it makes a big difference to be able to see that progress and know that you're a part of that progress. That is very rewarding. Yeah, no question. Yeah, so you know when you're when you're working with. Um, you know, you're in a, in season, and, and it's intense. You've had some intense jobs, as we talked about in your introduction. Um, you know, I think coaches are probably the absolute worst at taking care of themselves. Um, they're always giving, 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 bringing that energy and giving that energy. Um, what kind of suggestion do you have for coaches today to step back um, and take care of themselves and make sure that they're on point? Well, I think that's really something that's become – more prevalent in the last five or ten years with with the idea of mental health and and mental well-being and and you know i when i when i got towards the end you know the last my my five years at pitt state uh, you know i made it a point i think to step back and try not try not to take the, the game home with me as much uh i I tried to work out more. I mean, I always have worked out. Uh, but I think, you know, I, I think there's got to be balance. And some, you know, sometimes we don't trust ourselves to have that balance. And, uh, you know, I would encourage coaches, man. I, I, I just see over the years I've seen so many families that haven't been able to make it because, you know, you know, coach is gone all the time. And uh, I can remember, I'm very fortunate, I've been married for 46 years. Oh, congratulations. To, yes, 46 years. And, and uh, you know, I've, I've got a great wife, I've got two great boys, and uh, they, they understood. But I knew there were times I should have been there and I wasn't. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, step back. Take a look at things. Uh, make some time. Have a date night or whatever you need to do. Um, but don't forget your family and don't forget yourself. Don't forget taking care of yourself. Push that pause on all that film you're watching <laughs> late at night. Yeah, Everyone that's just right. Push pause. There's always film. Stop. Just hey, push you know, there's pause. always filmed a lot. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's, <laughs> nowadays true. there's always filmed <laughs> yes. a lot. So, yes. you know, in the past, it, it was when I started off, it was real to real. Oh. You know. <laughs> And there wasn't that much. You could watch yeah. the same film again, yes. but uh, yeah. I remember meeting coaches at convenience stores and swapping VHS tapes. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. no question. <laughs> okay, well, I have I have a game on this show that I like to um, play. It's called Fast Five. So I'm going right. to ask you five quick questions. Um, you know, you know, if if you may even expand on them if you want to. It doesn't have to be lightning fast, but um, so five quick questions. All right, man, zone, or both? 
Oh, man. All right, what is your favorite venue that you've ever played in? Uh, the Hearn Center, Columbia, Missouri. There we go. Same for coaching. Uh, favorite venue for coaching, I would say uh, probably favorite. Yeah, I, I, it would be Mizzou Arena, or, or it would be uh, the Hearn Center, or Mizzou Arena, I guess. That's where I coached at. Yeah, uh, yeah that's Very good. It. All right. A favorite sports movie? Favorite. Sports movie? Uh, Tin Cup. All I'm right. not a very good golfer, but <laughs> there you go. That's good. Caddyshack, um, any, any of those movies. Caddyshack, be the ball. I like that. That's good. Um, what are you um, streaming now? What are you watching? Netflix. Yes, and I've, what are you watching? Uh, I've on just Netflix? finished uh, uh, a uh, what? Let's see, what was it called? Uh, there's something Ballers. I oh, think. Ballers. Ballers. I'm watching that right I'm now. I'm on Ballers, yes. yeah. I have to, actually, I haven't finished it. Yes. Uh, I'm on the last Yeah, I got kind of into the Netflix thing. Right. Uh, you know, I'm a big Chicago PD and Chicago Med. Yeah. And, and uh, I've, I've, I never dreamed I'd, you know. That you'd be into turn that. Turn on that computer and I'm watching all these shows and stuff. <laughs> yeah, but, it can uh, be addicting. You have quarterback, to be there was quarterback, there was the swamp, there That's was good. different, you know, there's so much on nowadays yes. that it's... Uh, they are. Uh, and for any genre, you can find something. You can find anything you yes, want. Yes, that's so true. Okay, what's on your bucket list that you want to accomplish that you have? Uh, well, I would like to take my family to the Masters. And uh, so we're working on that. So I don't know if we'll ever get it done. My boys have been, but I know my wife would like to go. Not because we're huge golfers or anything, just because of that's something that I think we'd like to do. Yeah. I'm going to squeeze in one more, so we'll okay. call it a swift six, maybe. All right. <laughs> um, what kind of advice? You've got coaches right now. Coaching can be a tough profession in this day and age. You know, you talked about how kids have changed, but a lot of the society has changed around coaching, too. It can be tough. Um, you got a coach that's um, coaching and is energetic and enthusiastic, but over the last couple of years has started to kind of get beaten down. What kind of pep talk can you give that coach to stay in coaching? Well, I think, first of all, think about – the impact you have on the people you're coaching. Um, and then uh, try to have fun, you know, and, and that's kind of what I got to my last few years at Pitt. You know, we didn't have great teams, but but I had fun. You know, and we didn't, we didn't win as many games as I would have liked, but uh, I decided that, you know, I was going to have fun and, and – and you talked about impact, and sometimes coaches don't even realize the impact they've had till later. Oh, no doubt. Right? No yeah. doubt. I mean, you know, you always think you have an impact. But then it's like I, I, we mentioned earlier, I always tell those guys that you hate me now, but five years from now you're going you're gonna to say, hey, you know what, maybe you knew he was talking about it. And it's amazing how many guys will reach out. Now, you're always going to have those right. ones that – Maybe we're irreparable, but it's amazing how many guys meet out, reach out and, and say, hey, you know, Coach, I think you were right, you know, or, or I appreciate what you did. And, yeah. again, we started off with this earlier. That's, that's 
<laughs> Coaches That's why get you smarter. do it. They get smarter the older That's you get, right? You they get smarter. <laughs> the older they get, the farther you get away from them, the yeah. smarter they are. That's so true. That's so true. Well, Coach Anderson, uh, the last thing I want to wrap up is a congratulations to you. You, uh, the Missouri Basketball Coaches Association, um, this year they are honoring you with the Gary Filbert Lifetime Achievement Award. I mean, Wow, that's yeah. got to be an incredible feeling. Wow, is right. I mean, <laughs> it's, first of all, it's a, it's a great honor. But, you know, I was very close to Gary Filbert, and, and I worked with him, and we used to do clinics together. And, and uh, uh, to, to be uh, named something you know, that's named in his honor is certainly very special. And, you know, it's – it's not me. I mean, it's 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 all the players, coaches, family, uh, staff, fans. You know that you have that that make it possible. And so, but no, I'm very honored. And uh, and again, to have Coach Stewart was here today, and uh, and and to be named after something that has Gary's names on, it's very special. It's pretty great. Well, congratulations. Well, well thank deserved. you. I've enjoyed uh, visiting with you. Yeah, that's wonderful. All right. Well, All right. we'll take uh, take our next break, and we'll be right back here on a coach's perspective. Well, welcome back to a coach's perspective. This segment is sponsored by Highland Dairy. Highland Dairy is owned by dairy farmers, and they've been providing a great selection of nutritious dairy products since 1938. It's a proven fact from scientific studies and professional dietitians that the ideal sports beverage recovery drink available to athletes after a workout is chocolate milk. And Highland Dairy has the best tasting chocolate. They're a proud sponsor of a coach's perspective. I want to thank Coach Kim Anderson for joining us in the previous segment. And I'm excited about uh, this next interview as well. In 2016, Coach Amy Williams was named the head coach of our alma mater. Taking over the University of Nebraska program, she had already left a mark. She's already made a big impact. After coaching for five seasons at Rogers State and three seasons at South Dakota, which included a WNIT national championship, Coach Williams has instilled a positive and winning culture for the Huskers. She shared some of her wisdom with us. Have a listen. Well, we're now joined by Coach Amy Williams from the University of Nebraska, and we are at the Missouri Basketball Coaches Association Clinic, and you just did a tremendous job and gave a great presentation. Thank you for that. Well, it's just an absolute blessing to be here. What an event. Just incredible. Um, uh, Coach Keller may have slightly underestimated the turnout that was going to be here, <laughs> but um, this is, it's rare these days to find an event like this that's so well attended with just um, attentive coaches wanting to ask questions and really locked in, and so it's a blessing for me to be able to be here. That's wonderful. Well, we appreciate it, and I want to go back a little bit and, and talk about why basketball. Like, you know, you love sports, and you've always loved sports, and athletic tell us why did you choose the path of basketball well it really kind of boils down to my dad was a high school basketball coach for years and had played college basketball and I grew up in the gym um, there may have been some times where I grabbed my roller skates the roller skate around the outside <laughs> while my yeah. older brother was shooting hoops <laughs> but um, I just uh, spent a big part of my life just in the gym and uh, I tell my daughters all the time because my girls think they have to play everything, and, and I love that they're so active, but it's also 72 degrees in the 
the gym every day. So. <laughs> That's so true. I like the climate controlled <laughs> yes. aspect of yes. basketball and, and being in the gym, but um, something that was just instilled in me very, very early by, um, you know, growing up in a family with a dad who um, was a basketball coach and brothers who played the game and it just mm-hmm. uh, became a real passion and, and something that I uh, was infatuated with pretty early on. Well, and, and at the University of Nebraska, you've already had um, a lot of success, and it's um, you know big in the Big Ten playing at Nebraska. That's that's a huge job. I mean, that is huge, and how exciting that you've done so well. Um, but I want to I want to touch a little bit on the most recent evidence of how important women's sports are on that campus with the world record that was set with the volleyball uh, team that had ninety th- over ninety three thousand fans that came and watched a game. Tell me what that meant for the the women's athletic department there. It's um, it's really hard to put into words just how special that event was and just. Um, how much it meant to, to me as a former Husker athlete and just a female athlete and a, and a woman that coaches um, young women in sports and, and somebody that has a couple of daughters that are really active and actively involved in sports. But to, to see 93,000 people um, show up to, to be a part of a women's sporting event like that, it just is, um, it's really hard to put into words just how special that was. And um, just to be a part of it, to be in that stadium that night, I, I just had tears streaming down my <laughs> face because um, it just was it just was uh, really really heart touching um, with just how much um, women's sports are celebrated at the University of Nebraska and the way that um, our fan base you know a lot of people have asked me since that like why don't we play a basketball game <laughs> in Memorial go. Stadium yes. the the difference mm-hmm. is you know we're starting our season in November and right. November weather in Nebraska <laughs> maybe not quite as cooperative right. but it was a beautiful night and the University of Nebraska did that event so special just did it up big and all the pomp and circumstance around it and it just really felt like uh, such a big event for um, not just Nebraska, not just our women's volleyball team, but um, every female athlete that's ever played the game. Yes. Uh, my, my brother, um, Dr. Greg Burnett, he was there and it, he said it was electrifying. And he said one of the best parts of the entire event, you know, the F-16s, the fireworks, you know, you've got all of this going on, plus a, a wonderful volleyball game. But when the players came out of the tunnel, he said he was watching them and inside the tunnel before they came out, he could still see them. And he said, you know, they were looking like tough, you know, ready for competition. They got their, you know, some people call it a game face. And as soon as they ran out, all of them just exploded in smiles. And I mean, it was just like electricity. Well, that's a ripple effect on your campus. It absolutely is. And um, it's just pretty special. Awesome that all eyes were on Nebraska that night and and you know it captured everybody's attention and um and just really proud to be at the University of Nebraska with an event that was run so well that is great well um tell me a little bit about um you know coaching in this day and age um there's there's always rewards there's a lot you know there's always um challenges how do you find a balance um that you know coaching is tough it does it takes a lot of emotion it takes a lot of energy people have no idea the amount of work you put in behind the scenes to be successful in this program so tell me how do you find balance and take care of yourself to make sure you're on point on the court what a great question I I just um, uh, that's something I've I've really had to come to and and mostly because of failure 
in that. And um, I promised myself, you know, early on that I would not, you know, it's kind of easy to get really sucked into um, this life and kind of lose yourself a little. And I've, um, I've found myself at different points in my coaching career, just not having really good balance there. And um, I have to, I have to really be incredibly intentional about being able to put the brakes on and um, not get so concerned about, you know, all of the things and what everybody else is doing and comparing our program and yourself and what's going on around you and just being present with the young women that you're coaching right now and doing everything you can to pour into them. And, um, you know, that's really why I got into coaching in the first place was Mm -hmm. to try to have positive impact on the young people that are coming through the program. And, um, if you keep your focus on that, I find that it just continues to, you you have the joy that you, um, always have had with, um, with being in the competitive space of, of women's basketball. And, um, I'm fortunate to have the most amazing husband in the world and two beautiful daughters that, um, help keep me pretty balanced too. And And when you're, (laughs) yeah, Yes, yes, humble. And when you're ripping and running and heading to this soccer game and trying to catch, you know, whatever you can, it kind of just, um, it keeps you pretty grounded and, and balanced as well. You you go from a division one, big 10 basketball coach to snack mom. (laughs) Yes. And I'm, I'm not so good at the snack mom thing. I'm learning about myself, but I'm trying to get better at that. Right. Right. It makes a big difference. Well, I actually asked um, a local fan that, um, that goes to a lot of your games and I said, what, what makes her special? What is it that, um, because you are well liked, you're well respected. Um, I said, what is it about her? And they mentioned the role modeling and said, she's a great role model. And so you're, you know, talking about making sure you take care of yourself. So how do you ripple that into your players and make sure that they are taking care of themselves as well? Because you know, the physical part, you know, the sports specific part, the mental part is, is sometimes that, that difference maker. Uh, it really is. And, and that's one thing that, um, you know, my family has a very strong presence in our program because I want them to see me being a mom and I want them to see me being a wife and that there's all these other parts of my life that are important to me and, and that you can, um, you know, be great at what you're doing and, and still have that um, great balance in your life. But uh, how important that that is and um, just understanding that um, they are so much more than just basketball players there's so much more than what our scoreboard says at the end of the game and um so we continue to try to emphasize that with them and and just let's let them know how much we we love them as young women they're just so beautiful and creative and smart and talented and all these different ways besides just um, working together to to be the best basketball team they're capable of. So we we try to celebrate those things as much as we can, remind them of that, and um, I think they know pretty clearly that we love them as people, not just as basketball players. Well, that's what I was just getting ready to say. It sounds like you coach people, not just players. That sounds like that's a big part of your philosophy. It absolutely is, and and they are the most amazing people. <laughs> <laughs> so they, you have to find, you know – players that are a good fit for that model. You have to be able to do that. And sometimes um, I think college coaches sometimes might forego a more talented player because they find one that's going to be a better fit for their program, um, which is a difficult puzzle to put together sometimes. 
such a great terminology there that you just use puzzle <laughs> because um, when I first got into coaching, I didn't realize that, you know, I thought it's like, just go out and get the best players you can and, you know, we'll find a place, find a way to put, fit them together, you know, but it's, I think um, one of my biggest blessings I've just been blessed with a gift to be able to you know put together puzzles and find ways to get people to work together it starts with my coaching staff I've uh, been able to really put the most amazing people that are strong where I'm weak that are um, able to really kind of fill in and fit in and and um and complement each other and that just trickles right down to our team and so it absolutely does lead to sometimes you um, you take players that maybe somebody's like ah but it's a perfect fit for what we need on our team at that moment and that's huge Um, so then my next question is sometimes you bring in players that um, you know obviously we're big fish in small ponds how do you sell them on their role that they have I mean that's a that's a task sometimes it absolutely is a task, and I think um, um, it's a challenge for us as coaches to continue to talk to players because their roles sometimes are shifting. And um, I thought one thing Tom Crean said earlier today in the clinic was um, talking about um, don't say no, but just not yet. And so finding ways to kind of keep people motivated to be able to say, this is where we see your role right now, but um, that doesn't necessarily mean that's where that role needs to stay and to continue to keep them striving to increase their role. Um, But I think the best thing that leads to players being able to embrace that is just the culture that you've created. And and when you have a team that um, comes in and, and your new players that are coming in into the program can see that everybody else has has worked through that and embraced mm-hmm. that and and um, that they're really excited for each other's successes and they're able to you know they're celebrating when somebody else is doing well and when you've got that as a part of your culture um, that's the best way to help um, those players that are moving to new roles kind of adjust so so you talk about culture and how important that is um, so talk to the new coaches out there either at the high school or college level and they're trying to they have to go in and they've got to change the culture and put it into a new direction what advice do you have for them to do that um I it's patience yeah patience matters (laughs) I mean patience just does it just matters and I think um you know giving yourself a little bit of time to kind of evaluate like where we're at and then um you know I think um you know in certain situations I've been in, I've, I've tried to just, you know, it might be a whole year of every day saying, if you want to have a good team, be a great teammate. And what did you do today to be a great teammate? And standing on the circle um, every day before practice or every day after practice and asking that question, you know, what did you do today that, you know, did, did somebody else stand out to you today as, a, as being a great teammate? Like and what that. did that look like? And really highlighting that and, and um, just, um, just continuing to, to elevate the people that are um, continuing to emphasize being a great teammate. Right what do you want your teammates to say about you? You know, that, that's something that can be powerful as well. You know, how, how would your teammate describe you um, as a teammate and a leader? Uh, that can be empowering. That's a great technique. Absolutely. Absolutely. When, when, when you're sitting on that circle, sometimes they get a little emotional sometimes when they're hearing their teammates that are um, raising them up for, you know, man, you did this today and it was 
it really lifted my spirits and like you know this kid was a great teammate to me today coach because I really needed a ride and they picked they came out of their way and did this for me and you know sometimes you know that that matters but being able to hear the appreciation from your teammates and and peers is pretty powerful stuff that's fantastic all right so I have a game that I like to play at the end of segments it's uh, called fast five okay and um you know many have survived it so don't don't stress <laughs> over it too much I'm not gonna st- <laughs> I'm not gonna stress too much um Okay, so just five quick questions. Um, the first one, which after your presentation today, I may know the answer to, uh, man, zone, or both? Man, I'm a definite man defensive coach. My staff is um, always on me when we go to synergy, and it's 97% man defense and 3% zone. <laughs> uh, I feel like anytime we switch to a zone, um, if we give up one bucket, I'm flip-flopping back. And so um, we've been working on that. I've been trying to get better of being able to mix our defenses a little bit. But for sure, all man principles is how we feel we start everything. That's the foundation. That's right. right. All right, tell me what is your favorite venue that you've played in besides, obviously, University of Nebraska. So you've traveled to a lot of different places. I mean, the Big Ten, you've been all over the country and played in different venues. Is there one that stands out more than the other? I I am going to go with Cameron Indoor Stadium at Duke. I I I I, I, there. I just grew up watching a lot of games uh, with my dad on TV back in the day and um so I thought, you know, it's kind of um intimate atmosphere. It's a little, you know, smaller. They're right on top of you and and um that that's the first one that popped into my head. I'll take it. I'll take it. All right, what's your favorite sports movie? <laughs> my goodness this is like i i mm, i'm i'm going remember the titans i Ooh, that's a good hoosiers one. remember the titans it's a close that's a close good. second those I'll are tied it. co-winners tied. yeah co-winners all right tell me um what is it uh, that you're currently watching or streaming right now or do you even have time to do that? I do <laughs> not stream very often because I um, watch a lot of film. And um, seems like the house, my house, the TVs are all controlled by um, either of my two daughters or my husband. But uh, Suits is the new show that oh, there you go. both my husband and daughter are watching. And I've maybe caught about half of an episode of <laughs> there each. You go. So. <laughs> there you go. All right. And then last question in Fast Five. What's on your bucket list that you want to accomplish? I want to go to a Final Four. There you go. Yeah, I want to take Nebraska to play in the Final Four, and that's a bucket list for me. And and I, I just, you know, we're blessed every single day to be under the same roof with a national championship caliber coach and John Cook. We know that it can be done at the University of Nebraska. We've seen that. We've got a model right in front of us. We've got everything that we need at Nebraska, and um, that's the that's the mission. I love that. Well, Jamie Williams, you are heading in that direction, and I wish you the best of luck. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. All right, we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back on A Coach's Perspective. Well, welcome back to A Coach's Perspective. We also want to thank Greg and Melinda Burnett for sponsoring that last segment as they support local and thoughtful radio. In this segment, we're grateful for Bill Grant Ford in Bolivar. Located in Bolivar, Missouri, they know cars, they know trucks, they know SUVs, and they know service and how to keep their customers happy and loyal. Give Kelly Grant and Shane Rainey a call. They will take care of you. Give them a call at 417-326-4000. 
7671. We also want to thank West Logging. Go to westlogging.com. Contact Danny West for a free consultation as he will treat your land like his own. We're also appreciative of Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance. 28.5 is a national movement co-founded by two passionate women's coaches with a mission to support female coaches and encourage retention in the coaching profession. Coach Corey Elms, a state championship coach, John Wooden Legacy Award winner, and the Missouri Basketball Coaches Association vice president teamed up with Drake University's assistant coach, Nikki Hayes-Fort, to create a supportive and development program for female coaches. They explain the mission and how to get involved. Have a listen. A coach's perspective in this segment. In this segment, we're going to be covering um, a new, it's a new national movement that has been occurring over the last few years. And we have the two coaches that have um, instilled this program and, and and seen in a tremendous amount of growth throughout the country. It's a needed program. Um, and it's a program that is going to support women in coaching. So 28.5 and the co-founders are with us tonight. I want to welcome to the show, Coach Corey Elms. Welcome, Coach. Thank you, Jenny. And I want to welcome Coach Nikki Hayes Fort. Welcome to the show, Coach. Thanks so much, Jenny. Well, I want to talk a little bit about the origin, first of all, um, of this movement of 28.5. And, you know, Corey Elms and I, we've known each other for a long time. We've had marathon conversations about <laughs> being a woman in the coaching profession and and how you can make that work and how you can find the balance and how you can still be a family person and how you can still be able to do it all, if you will, right? And, and still be able to make sure that you're giving um, all of your entities the most attention you can. Um, and so this was always heavy on your on your heart. Um, tell me a little bit about what your motivation was to get this actual program going. Yeah, so, I mean, Corey and I have had hours long conversation, um, hours and hours and before before pandemic. And it's always like we, we would just randomly be talking about basketball or after a game. And we'd always talk about, oh, like so-and-so has gotten out of it or like, gosh, I really wish that I had someone to talk to about this, you know? And then during pandemic, when all we could do was talk and <laughs> Zoom and everything else, we were just like, let's do it, you know? So it um, that's kind of how we got started. And then it's just, we've gotten a little bit more detail-oriented and we're a little bit more regular on our Zooms and our meetings. And it's kind of just grown from there. Anything to add to that, Corey? I think that's really Nikki covered it. Main thing is just making sure that we, we started as really wanting to have a support system for females. And then we realized we needed to be celebrating each other and recognizing some accomplishments because we wanted other females to see, you know, that growth in, in themselves as a professional, that was really important to us. And then also just to continue to encourage and, and really what we've really grown the most is probably our zoom. We, we meet once a month and that's become a great opportunity to build those relationships and also talk the game X's and O's talk about different things that are affecting women's basketball. And it's just been a very positive thing for not just Nikki and I, but coaches from across the country. So with the, with the zoom calls once a month, when you, when you are on there, what is, what's a sample agenda? What could someone expect if they join the zoom call? Go ahead, Corey. Okay. All right. We, uh, we usually start with celebrating, you know, that's something that is always amazing to us to get females to brag on themselves. It's really hard <laughs> to get them to do that. So yes, we, we sometimes have to do quite a bit of digging to find out some information and maybe, maybe it's a big milestone win. Maybe it's someone in, in the hall of fame, maybe it's someone's 
you know, had some special recognition and had court named after them. We had that happen uh, last season. So, you know, those kind of things we like to start with. And then we usually jump into some hot topics that need to be covered. And, and then we break into some breakouts, depending on what the need is at the time, maybe some changes and the rules that are going on, or maybe it's X's and O's that people want to cover, want to talk about. A lot of it's driven by coaches. They let us know what they want to talk about. And then we try to to build those things around that. And every few months we put on a special guest, you know, we've a strength conditioning is one that we've had on a few times that we feel is really important. That's very specific to a female athlete. So those are usually what they look like. And, and it's just great to see some of those same faces from across the country when we jump on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how it's can not, someone go ahead, Nikki? Oh, sorry. Um, it's interesting. You know, when we get like, we'll have, we've had up to a hundred coaches that have signed up. And they join. And then as soon as we go to our breakout rooms, they disappear because <laughs> everyone gets nervous. You know, they don't want to be put on the spot or they don't want to, maybe they're a young coach and they don't feel like they could add, but it's, it's very interesting that the coaches that have been doing this for a while and have experience, they've expressed to Corey and I, that they really want a younger coach's perspective. They're like, please do not put me in a breakout group with only coaches my age. They're like, please put me in a breakout group with younger coaches. Cause I, I need to figure this out, you know, like I need to evolve and I, I want to ask things. So, you know, as much as, as it's intimidating for maybe some of these younger coaches with less experience that they've been asked for, like they, we they're needed and we need them in our game. We need them to like get confidence so they apply for head coaching jobs. That's what we need. And just not be intimidated because it's not a scary thing. Mm-hmm. And that makes it, that's a great point too, because you would think, you know, young coaches would come on for the mentoring aspect of it and to, to gain some knowledge and information from the veteran coaches. Um, but I love the fact that the veteran coaches are like, we can learn from you too. So, I mean, that collaboration is, is very valuable with this movement. You know, that's another exciting part about it is that you're on with coaches from across the country. So, you know, Nikki does a really good job when she breaks out our Zoom breakout rooms. She tries very hard to make sure you're not in with another person from your state or if you are someone that you maybe aren't going to play. And so that's been very helpful. And, you know, and I know even last year, you know, having a player that was getting a lot of attention when we go into ball games, it, you know, one of the coaches from Arizona was able to send me some plays. So just being able to have that relationship built in is, is a really nice piece of it. And I think it's something that coaches enjoy. I think I can see a whole lot of value in it. I, you know, there's so many topics that um, ge- geography does not define, <laughs> you know, that they're across the country that coaches are dealing with. How do you select the the specific topics of that particular month? Huh. Well, we attempt to poll the coaches um, after the Zoom, and that, that hasn't gone so well, um, <laughs> meaning that we just haven't had a lot of coaches respond or, or participate in the poll. But um, a lot of it is just Corey and I brainstorming. We- we do spend a lot of time on the phone. I mean, we are very good friends, so we would probably spend time on the phone anyway, but now it's just directed towards the 28.5. And so, um, you know, I kind of have to take her lead some in the, what is our hot topics for the high school rank. We do have some college coaches that join because anyone's welcome to join, but um, this is really to try to, how do we like grow? Like, how do we get more high school coaches? How do we get more assistant coaches that are females? How do we, you know, how do females coach the boys? You know, like we do have that too, but um, it's a little bit of, you know, we we'll, we have a list and we tend to 
circle, we circle back to a few because we feel like they're always like important topics. And um, we try to go with the time of year it is. So, you know, our August Zoom was very much getting ready for the first, like the first team meeting and the parent meeting and maybe some, what do you do in fall workouts? If you can't have access, you know, what do you kind of encourage them to do? So our next Zoom will be a little bit further along in the, you know, in the season type of thing. And when we get to January and February, everyone wants X's and O's. Like what, I need a play. I need a play. Um, and we try that, but we also try to put some other things too. You know, another I, one of our most popular Zooms was when we had a recruiting panel. And so we created a, a recruiting panel that had everyone from a junior college up to a power five. And that was very interesting. You know, as a high school coach, we don't often get to hear the different avenues of what recruiting looks like for each level. And so that was, that was a really popular one that we had a lot of interest in and participation. And, you know, I think that's important for coaches to get to hear from those college coaches. Well, like I can't imagine it not um, escalating the retention rate to be able to know there's a source out there that you can get information, you can get support, you can get some guidance, you, you know, even or just get celebrated, like you said, at the very beginning, just some validation of what you're going through and being able to, to stick with this, this awesome profession. Um, I think that's uh, something that, you know, I hope that is being studied at some point in time, I hope that uh, you can look back and see how this has um, helped the retention rates of keeping female coaches in the profession. That would be That'd huge. Be <laughs> that would be huge. Um, okay. So I've got a coach listening. Uh, they're interested in getting involved. What do they do? Nikki, you want that one? Sure. You know, they, they email us, they contact us, they email, they text, they call. Um, you know, I think I know my information is a little bit too value or too accessible on the website, but um, they just call us and say, Hey, I want to be part of it. Can you send me the link? And we send them the link, you know, um, can I have a conversation? I know Corey has a few more conversations with coaches than I do regarding 28.5 specifically. Um, but we've had, we both have had many and we've, you know, it's even like our strength coach that we had on lat. Well, we've had him on twice now. He's even like reached out to me to be like, Hey, this coach like that he met randomly because she stopped by their practice wants to be part of 28.5. Can I give her your number? Absolutely. Um, you know, we have, we have social media sites. We're not great on them yet. We're getting better. Um, so we have social media sites, you know, follow those. We try to put out there like when our next zooms are, and we have a podcast, we have a <laughs> podcast that is uh, coming out here very soon, very soon, but um, listen, you know, subscribe. This has been a very uh, interesting for Nikki and I. We have learned a lot in the process, not just about basketball. We've learned about a lot of technology and really just trying to challenge ourselves. You know, we 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 feel like we can't ask other people to, to put themselves out there if we're not willing to do that. So you know, that's been a positive of it, too, is that we've been able to grow professionally and just encourage each other and encourage other people. Well, sounds good. Well, I will make sure and put your emails in the summary of this segment um, on the website. And if you all uh, still need help getting a hold of either one of these coaches, you can email me at a coach's perspective at gmail.com. Um, well, I thank you all for being here and giving us uh, this update. And we're, we're going to be paying attention, that's for sure. And so I want to wish you the best of luck. I know that you all are meeting with state association coaches all over the country. You're presenting at clinics. Please keep it up. Um, I, I cannot thank you enough for your efforts in this endeavor. Thank you, Jenny. We appreciate the time you took to, to have us on.
Yeah, we really appreciate Jenny. And this is just such an important thing, not only for like women's basketball, but all of athletics. I mean, how amazing was it that Billie Jean King was able to be at the U.S. Open to celebrate 50 years of equal pay? You know, like I'm just such a huge Billie Jean King fan, but you know, like that we can do this, you know, even though it seems like it's a small it's a very small thing that Corey and I are doing. It's so important. And so it's such a passion project of ours. So we really appreciate you including us in your project also. So thank you again. Bet. Well, it's a ripple effect and I, w- I wish you both the best of luck in your seasons and we'll be uh, keeping in touch. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you. And we'll take our next break and we'll be right back on a coach's perspective. Well, my thanks to coach Kim Anderson Coach Amy Williams, Coach Corey Elms, and Coach Nikki Hayes-Fort as they shared their wisdom tonight and what they are doing to make the game of basketball the best that it possibly can be. We want to move into our post-game talk sponsored by Story Construction. Story Construction has been providing high-quality industrial and commercial construction since 1966. This family-owned and operated business puts a personal touch on all its full-service commercial and industrial projects. Visit their website at Story dot com s-t-o-r-e-e dot com hey and don't forget you can go to a coach's perspective dot com you can look at show lineups previous shows you can subscribe and you'll be added into a drawing you can also follow us on facebook and twitter as well so next week we are joined by the columbia college coaches thomas brock and james arnold and the impact that they have made on this program in columbia missouri Um, we're also going to have university of arizona women's basketball coach ada barnes coming up as well and we're going to have some wow stories our wow stories we're bringing that segment back wow stands for what or why and we'll have some of those stories to discuss as well so now for your post game talk we heard from four veteran coaches tonight and absorbed some wisdom from each one seeking out mentors and those with experience is a valuable tool to improve so is sharing your experience and wisdom. Both ends of becoming a mentor or a mentee can make you stronger and wiser throughout the experience. So your challenge this week is listen, be open and absorb good advice. Also be encouraging and genuine with those that need advice. Both will serve you well. And as Coach Williams was saying, what does it take to be a good teammate? How can you incorporate being a mentor and mentee within your own program? So be a good teammate, be encouraging, and be genuine. That's how champions do it. I'm going to remind you as I do each and every week, be a good human. Live your life like a champion. Live like a human champion. This is Jenny Hopkins, and this has been A Coach's Perspective.